Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. So Father, we just come before you. We just thank you for your presence here, Lord. I just thank you. We just we open our hearts to hear what you're saying to us today. We thank you, Lord, that you're always speaking. So we ask that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, I thank you that you are going to speak to every single person here. And Father, I just release your angels just to bring heaven to earth. I just thank you for shifts in people's hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you're setting people free today. Lord, they're walking in a new freedom. Every single person is walking out in a new freedom today, in Jesus' name. I thank you for your angels bringing your freedom. I thank you for your Holy Spirit breaking out and breaking through in people's lives today. We thank you for it. Come have your way in us, Lord. You are amazing. We stand in awe of you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, um, we actually sort of, sort, of, sort of taking a break on the, the culture um, thing that Nigel was doing because we just, I had, um, I, had a, I had two actually significant dreams that we, we really felt the Lord wanted us to speak into um, and that were for us as a community. And then also, um, it actually follows on from what Nigel was speaking. Remember, Nigel last week was speaking about um, making sure that you are the unique you. That, you know, you're, you're not trying to be someone else. Um, God needs you, not someone else. And, um, and then at the end we prayed about what are the barriers that stop you from being you. So this week, um, it, this is going to run into it and just sort of take it a bit further. I'm speaking on closing the door on fear. Closing the door on fear. Um, I, and I told you I had a dream. In this dream, um, Nigel was um, learning the second language. Um, and then suddenly, um, and I'll tell you a little what my interpretation is in a little while. And then I was learning, he was learning French because that's his second language. I was, I'm sure, learning Afrikaans because that would be my second language. And um, I was learning this there was the tutor teaching me this language, and I was outside in the backyard, and I suddenly noticed after a while of learning that there were two lions in the yard with me. Now, in my dreams, um, everyone should have their own personal dream um, interpretation because what something represents for one person in a dream doesn't necessarily represent for someone else in the dream, but every time in my dreams, lions represent fear. Okay, I've learned to, to figure that out over the years. So in my dream, I was learning with this lady, and suddenly I was lions <laughs> that are roaming around this backyard. And I was like, mm. and she said, don't worry, they tame. They're, they're used to people. I was like, um. <laughs> you know, and um, I thought, okay. And um, then um I'm, I, but I'm very watchful of what they're doing. You know, I'm, I'm focusing, but I'm watchful. You know, anyway, the lion eventually comes over, and um, basically, I can still in my dream, I can still feel the weight of its body. It came and sat and leaned against me like this. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
then she, I said to the tutor, I said, you know, I think I'd be a lot more comfortable if we moved inside. <laughs> and so anyway, I walk inside and I can remember closing the door and feeling very happy about closing the door. And, um, and, um, and that was the end of my dream. Um, but, you know, often when we dream... We dream in the context of what we are experiencing in our lives at the time. And at the time, um, what I was experiencing was one area of my life um, where I, the Lord had already revealed to me that, um, that I was backing away from a couple of things because um, I didn't want to face the fear that I'm, you know, like I don't really want to be in that situation because... I'm going to probably feel this and this. And I, I was afraid of that situation. So instead of like going out like normal, you know, I'm going to be, I just thought, no, I actually will avoid that. I actually won't partake in that. I think I won't do that. Um, and so I, the Lord had spoken to me, I, and, I, and I will go into it just now. I've, I've had to deal with, various um, fears in my life, a spirit of fear being delivered from that um, many years ago. And one of the things I realized, the only way you can be delivered from fear is to face your fear. Flat out, in its face, face it, and go through it. And I'll talk to you about that just now. So in this context, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Debbie, the only way you're going to overcome this is if you go and you purposely go into that situation, and you can feel that fear, because that's... And, um, and so that line for me, resting and leaning against me was, you know, that, uh, that I was going to feel that fear, and that ultimately God wants me to come to a place where I'm shutting the door on fear in my life. And um, then just after that, I, I read the scripture in Exodus, which I'm going to read to you about... Um, the Israelites. I'm just going to um, read it to you, and then we're going to. Um, it's quite a long passage, but I think it's it's beneficial in this area. So Exodus 13:17 says, "When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. <laughs> and that's what we often do in our lives, right? in my slavery. So that's what he was like. I don't, so God saw that, you know, we are human, you know, that, that, that is a potential weakness in our lives. Who recognizes that in their lives? I do in mine. <laughs> so God spoke to Moses. And so now, okay, the, the story goes on, you know, and they're now wandering around um, in the desert before they cross the Red Sea. They're sort of like going around like this. So then God spoke to Moses, and he says this. I thought this was interesting. He says, tell the Israelites. So obviously Moses did tell the Israelites. He said, tell the Israelites to turn around and make a camp at Kruitwood between Migdol and the sea, camp on the shore of the sea opposite Baal and Zephon. So he said, like, you need to camp between the sea and this 
this, um, this place. And then says, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are lost. They're confused. The wilderness has closed them in. And then I'll make Pharaoh's heart stubborn again and he'll chase after them. So God is making the Israelites' enemies chase after them. Think about that in your life. How do you feel about that? (laughs) But God said to them, tell them. Tell them, I'm going to make your enemies come after you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, And I'll use Pharaoh and his army to put my glory on display. Then the Egyptians will realize that I am God. And that is what happened. And when the king of Egypt was told that the people were gone, he and his servants changed their minds. They said, what have we done? Letting and they so off they all went after the very thing that God said, yeah, they come. The, Israel, the Egyptians, and it says they had all these chariots and everything. They're coming after them. And then verse 10 says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Usually in our lives, it's like God says, I am going to show my glory to you. I'm going to give you victory and I'm going to be glorified in your life. And you hear this amazing prophecy of your life of what amazing things are going to happen. But, you know, sometimes we like to leave out the fact that the way it's going to happen is that, that, that God's bringing those things against you so you can have victory. Come on. And God said this to them. Now, okay, now God had already told them, okay? He already told them it was happening. Now it's happening. And then they were, they were terrified. And they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out to Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to be slaves and serve the the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the, the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So God was saying like, I've got this. Like really, I've got this. You're going to have victory. The, Egypt, uh, the Israelites were saying, ah! <laughs> ah! I'm, I'm really better for me. I wanted to you know, and we, we think we're, we've gone backwards, but God is actually moving us forward. Um, and, and he wants us to stand and believe in him. Um, but, you know, complaining and unbelief is the voice of unbelief. Think about that in your life. Complaining um, and moaning, and it's the voice of unbelief. Where it, it indicates where you are not believing God in your life. Okay, I like what the, how the message says. Moses spoke to people. That he said, don't be afraid. This is God's word for you. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at your, Egyptian, at your enemies today. For you are never going to see them again. That needs to be our declaration. And we're going to walk out saying that, okay? God will fight for you. 
<clears throat> All you need, this is what the message is. And you, <laughs> you keep your mouth shut. And the other one says, be still. But <laughs> you keep your mouth shut. I don't know about you, <laughs> but often our mouths just say the wrong things you need. Rather keep quiet than just say, oh, I'm so afraid. <laughs> anyway, God said to Moses, why cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites. Order them to get moving. Hold your staff high and stretch out your hand over the sea. Split the sea. The Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. Meanwhile, I'll make the Egyptians keep up their stubborn chase. And anyway, it goes on. So he says, like, why are you, why are you complaining and moaning and listening to, you know, all this? Just, just do what I told you to do. Just make it happen. I've already told you. I've got this. So in your life where you're facing a battle, maybe, like, you know, there's a saying that I like to think of often, is that even the devil is God's devil. He will use all things for good. And so the devil's coming against you and you find you're under attack. God has got you in that place. He's got you in that place. Why? Because he's got this and you're going to be delivered and you're not going to see those things. He wants to set us free. Um, I love verse 24 it says during the last watch of the night the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion he made the wheels of their chariots come off so that they had difficulty driving um, oh sorry that wasn't the one um, just look, okay sorry so then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of the Israelite, Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of, Israel, of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. And that just shows me like God's protection his covering of you even in the midst and it, that's not to say it's not terrifying okay but the fact of the matter is that god is there and we need to to believe what god said when i was contemplating this and contemplating what uh, this thing that i was facing in my life this is the the question that popped in my my heart whose voice are you more in awe of you know, the Bible says we are supposed to be people who fear God. That word fear is actually the word to be awe, in awe of. It's not necessarily fear like God's going to punish you, but it's to be in awe of. In the end, the question really, uh, in, like I, I sort of feel like it's like the majority of our life, mm. honestly, is whose voice are you going to be more in awe of? The Israelites, you have this choice. When you're facing your life, you all are facing fear of some sort. You're all, because the enemy, that's, that's the, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. It's, where the, it's the kingdom of love and the kingdom of fear. God's operating system is love. The devil's operating system is fear. So God compels you with love. The devil drives you, manipulates you, and controls you with fear. So as you're walking forward in your life, there is fear that you're facing. And it's going to, what you're going to do is you're going to say, am I going to go in and get my inheritance and the freedom that God has said? 
Am I going to believe God and be in awe of Him, His authority, His power, and the fact that He is faithful to His word, or am I going to be in awe of the threats of the enemy? That's good. Which one? Because that's actually the final say on it. Whose voice are you going to be in awe of? The Israelites said it was better for us to be slaves rather than face their fears. Because really that's what it's about. Facing your fear. Rather than facing their fear. That's what we, we have to, we have to face our fear, people. We have to go into it. No matter how, how terrified you are, you're going to walk into it because you believe in God. You're not going to back out and go and be a slave again and be controlled because fear is a, is, um, is a prison. Fear is the way the devil controls you. Yeah. That, that is, it, that's how he becomes God in people's lives. If you've ever spoken to anyone in the occult, anyone in Satanism or anything, they, they are riddled in fear. They are so afraid. It is unbelievable. That's how the kingdom, that kingdom works. It's riddled in fear. God operates in love. So if your life, if you get into fear, you're allowing the devil to control you, manipulate you. That's just the way it is. Fear is a thief. Fear is a thief. It's stealing from us. And we need to be able to face it. The Bible says the, um, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to give you life and life to the full. Fear enslaves us. We are not free if we're acting out of, free, uh, out of fear. Fear is a tyrant dictator in our lives if we allow it to be. Um, so who are you going to fear? Whose voice are you going to be in awe of? Um, I can remember reading the scripture in Micah 4. It's again, I just want to speak, say this again, because often we don't realize um, how much fear is operating in our lives and how much God has an agenda to get it out of our lives because God doesn't want you to be controlled. He wants you to be free. Free, free, free. Um, this is in Micah 11. Now many nations have gathered against you. This is God's people, okay? Many nations. And they say, let her be desecrated, they say. Let, her, let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. So all their armies, were, like these armies were gathering against the people of God. And they were just like, we are going to destroy you. Like we're, we're here to get you. Um, but it says, yeah, but they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plans. And I feel like this is often how we don't know either, although we should know. It says, these nations don't know that he gathered them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing um, floor. And he says, this is, says to his people, Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord, for I will give you iron horns and bronze hooves, so you will trample many nations to pieces, and you will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. So he's saying, like, 
Oh, you, you're, you can be afraid of all these things against you. The enemy is against you. That's what coming against you. You can say, ha, this, oh, I'm not going to be fooled. God's brought these here because I'm here to defeat them. I'm here to get, this is, this is my victory. Um, I was listening, what was it? Um, who was it? Was it um, David said about Goliath? I think it was. He said, you're going to be my food. Yeah. So when you, you, you're going to take, what God wants you to take this and to move you further into God's, this is going to enrich you, make you stronger, make you free, and you're going to use it to advance the kingdom of God. Don't be more impressed with the enemy. Don't be more impressed with the threats of the enemy than God's uh, voice, no matter how intimidating um, it is, because this is an opportunity to win, gain victory in your life in areas, in, in, especially in areas where you're constantly having, a, um, you know, backing off because of fear. This is a time in your life to win, to gain freedom, to get your ownership back, to get your freedom back. But we need to be in awe of God, to trust God and stand up and face our fear and realize that we're not alone. Um, I, I just wanted to, you know, in my life, I've had to often, um, I, quite a number of years ago, over 20 years ago, I went through a time of intense panic attacks and just spiritual, just a whole lot of spiritual stuff in the atmosphere of what was going on um, in the town that we're in and lots of fear. And I was just literally, I was I, I literally, my life, I, I, I I just was barely hanging on. I thought they were going to put me in a mental institution, honestly. But I don't want to go into too much of the story, but I realized that when I had to face my fears. And um, I'll just tell you this one incident. Like, you know, I went to this one appointment, and, um, and in the appointment with this um, chiropractor, I suddenly had this panic attack. And I just felt so terrible. I couldn't do anything. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know whether I should stay or tell her I need to go. And anyway, kind of long story short, I'm just using, a, a, there were many stories I can tell you. I don't know why I chose this one. But um, anyway, I eventually got through the thing, went. The, I had to go back a week later. And I was so scared. I thought, should I just not go to this appointment? Because, you know what? Um, this could happen again. I feel so ashamed. I feel, I don't know what to do. I feel so stupid. Um, and, and also, I don't actually feel like facing that fear again. So, but then I just said this, um, and, I, and I've made this decision many times in my life when I face this. It's like, I will not allow fear to control my life, to reduce my life. And I will, I can feel all this fear because it's a spirit of fear, right? Yeah. And I even tell this person, I can feel you, but I am not, but you're not me. And I'm not agreeing with you. And I am going to act anyway. I can feel it, but I'm going to do what I was going to do, despite how afraid I'm feeling. And so, you know what? I just said, you know what? I'm going to this appointment I'm not, and I went, I, I, I just it, that day I said, I, I'm no longer going to be controlled. So I just thought, like, if I have a full-blown panic attack, then I have a full-blown panic attack. If I feel ashamed, then I feel ashamed. But God will pick up the pieces after 
afterwards. I trust him that he'll pick up the pieces afterwards. If I fall apart, he's going to be there to pick up the pieces. You know, I've, 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 I've had to face other fears and I've just said like, you know what? Actually, God will be with me and he will, even if it's the worst thing that I could ever think of, that I thought of really bad, I, he will be there. He will be there. When I pass through the waters, I will not be drowned. When I go through the fire, I will not be burned. And you know what? Just that. You know, I didn't have a problem at the chiropractor. Mostly because I'd already said, like, you know what? doesn't matter what happens. God will be with me. He'll pick up the pieces. I just diffused the fear. Because actually, it wasn't all those other things that were prominent. It was actually the fear that was controlling me. That was the biggest problem. But as soon as it was diffused, it was fine. So what fear are you facing? Fear of failure? Fear of feeling ashamed or embarrassed? Fear, fear of rejection, fear of lack, fear of, fear of not being enough, not getting it right, fear of harm, fear of loss, whatever it is. God wants you to be free of it and victorious. I just want to end, end with this um, aspect because I really believe that there's such a spirit of in, intimidation gripping the world. So that I, I want to look at fear in our personal lives. But I also want to look at it generally on a global basis and that effect on us. There is, I believe, a spirit of intimidation gripping the world right now. I actually have thought for a long time that I would call it a Jezebel spirit. Um, And this is some characteristics of a Jezebel spirit. Now, I'm I'm talking like like on a uh, a worldwide basis. A spirit... Well, let's not say, um, yeah, well, let's, let's call it a spirit for now. That's easier. Um, that is actually wants to rule and control um, through intimidation and manipulation. That, that's what Jezebel's spirit was in the Bible with Elijah. Um, wants con- to control through intimidation and manipulation. That's the devil's kingdom, right? Yeah. Fear is the operating system of the devil. And when you want to control someone else through manipulation and fear, etc., that is actually witchcraft. The Bible calls that witchcraft. So, and it use, often will use powerful people for its ends. It will often, there will often be discouragement and despair. Why? Because fear produces that in your life. Fear and unbelief produces discouragement and intimidation. And then there was the ruthless killing of all the prophets, all the truth speakers. So there is... The one people, this spirit wants to shut down any truth, anyone who's speaking truth, and it will use intimidation to do that. And even Elijah wondered, you know, there, there's such a shutdown on that that even in, in Elijah's day, he wondered, like, I think I'm the only one. He, he felt isolated and the only one. And I don't know about you, but how many people feel as a Christian to speak out the truth, you feel like, Am I going to be the only one? Because there's not many people, Christians speaking the truth. They're too afraid. Um, and then also Jezebel spirit seduces people away from righteousness. Um, seduces people into moral compromise where they bow down to other gods. And what she did was it wasn't like you can't worship Yahweh. It was like 
Yahweh was one of the many Baals, the many gods at the time. So she seduced them into moral compromise. It's, um, it seeks to control the religious culture of the time and perverts good things through seduction, manipulation, and division. So really, I believe there's, there's a world system, the world system that is, is becoming more and more overt. I love Ephesians 2. It says, you were following, he was talking about in the world, you were following the course of this world under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, who were um, obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that, will con- um, that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. And I really believe this world system is becoming more and more overt. Um, there's a so-called, with this world system, there's a so-called new universal accepted morality, okay? A right and a wrong, which is very hypocritical for them, I feel, because they, they sort of say there isn't a right or wrong, but they have a law. They have a definite um, uh, accepted morality, and it's really based on what we think is popular opinion, um, a collective morality of the people, you know what I'm saying, which seems so noble. Um, and this, this ide- ideology is becoming more and more accepted in the world, and it's becoming like a, a worldwide law. And it's becoming, uh, because it's purported a lot by the arts and the media and um, pull, pushed out there. And so, like, um, but actually, we need to realize that it actually is a religion. Yeah. It actually is a religion that's been pushed out there. But they don't want to say it's a religion, but it's an ideology, okay? Um, Although they won't define it that way. But it is a a rule of a system that has been accepted and endorsed by the arts and the media. And more and more people are submitting to it because it has that intimidation factor, okay? Like, it has has a... um, Like, already, it has a... Morality, and if you like, if you're like, do it's good and bad. If you're, don't do it's good, then you're like, who are you? Because there's a lot of virtual signaling in this world system. Virtue uh, sorry, <laughs> virtue signaling. <laughs> virtue signaling. Um, you know, um, where, you know. If, if you're not doing that, well, firstly, if I am doing the good, I want everyone to know, and I'm just showing how, amazing. but if you're not doing that, then you are shamed and condemned. You know what it reminds me of, actually? It reminds me, it's, it's a religious spirit, and you can have a religious spirit that's not in the church, right? It's a religious spirit, yeah, and it reminds me of the Pharisees and how Jesus um, uh, operated, uh, uh, how Jesus spoke to them. Um, I'll read the scripture to you. Um, He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, but I would say to the system with their moral code, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence, 
blind Pharisees. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then on the outside, the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which t- uh, look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. I just think of what's happening with the world... Um, energy and the the fuel at the moment. I I, I just look and I think here America's saying, are we not going to use our oil because we're looking after the environment? But we will get oil from uh, Russia. They can spoil the environment. We're not spoiling the environment. But they Russia, you know what I'm saying? And that's often what's happening. People, um, there are people who are saying, like, I'm so good, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Um, um, like one of the things is like, if a, um, a man can um, win the woman's, a woman's sport event, but at the same time they say in women's rights. It's like so... Um, <laughs> um, so you see the thing is even God is not a religious God is about heart and love but this is a system that's taking place and, and really in our world when it uses fear and intimidation to shut us down and this is something we need to realize because it's happening in our day and our cultures and in our work all the time there's this thing of like, like if you're not adhering to this moral code, if you speak up against it, there's fear and intimidation that wants to um, shut you down. And if you're not going to succumb to fear and intimidation, it just um, goes to another fear, which is a little more supple, subtle, <laughs> a little more subtle, which is if it can't intimidate you, like, ah, then it will turn around. And this is very... Um, in, indicative of a Jezebel spirit turns round and plays the victim. I've been wounded. How could you be so cruel? How could you be so insensitive? How could you do this to 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 these people? You're not feeling. How could you? You know, whatever it might be. You're meant to be a Christian. Whatever it might be, right? So what they're doing is then they're using shame. Shame is another form of fear. So it's just, it's, it's fear whichever way you want to do it. So they're either going to intimidate you and use like, you know, um, cancel culture. Or maybe actually they'll just completely wipe you out. Like people have to be so, like you've seen like um, rock stars and everyone just being completely canceled. Like they lose everything because they haven't stood up to this moral code, and then everyone... So people are afraid. What about my business? What about... I can't say anything because, you know what? People might not support my business anymore, whatever it might be. Fear and intimidation. There's a book by Klaus... Well, his name... Schwab. Schwab. (laughs) Yeah, Klaus Schwab. He's the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, and he wrote a book called The Great... Reset. Interesting book, okay? He released it in 2020. He, he released it in 2020. 
And this is basically, he wants, he, basically, they, they, they say is they, they want to save the world, okay? They want to save the world by making a big reset. What they want to do, this whole book, you can go and read the reviews or read the book itself. What they want to do is, they, this is what he actually says in the book. We need to get people so afraid that they will give their power away. <laughs> So then they're going to make it so that um, the, the world economy shuts down to the point where you, you know, you're going to be so afraid that you'll say, okay, you know what, I, 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 I'll give up ownership of my house, my this, this, and then I'll work for you, and then you will provide all these things for me. And basically they want to do a whole big economic, and there'll be, <laughs> there'll be a whole lot of, there'll be a couple of people, obviously, who will have power, let's face it, someone's going to rule it, some people have power, and, but the whole point is to make the world better, to save the world. This is the same as communism. Communism has noble goals, people. people the people who started communism is because they wanted a better world. But the problem is the system that they use to enforce it is not godly and doesn't bring freedom. It brings slavery. It brings slavery. It's man saving the world, and it's got nothing to do with God. There's no biblical principles, but they sound very noble. So that if you say, no, but I feel this, you shut down and say like, oh, how could you, how could you be so cruel, insensitive and selfish? How could you want your own freedom when other people are suffering and dying? How could you be so cruel? So a few elite people will be choosing what is best for the majority. But it's what's good for them. But there will be fear and manipulation to control that. So anyway, this is and always has been the strategy of the devil to bring people under his control. So it's interesting. You know, I mean, China also has a... I mean, it's not only the World Economic Forum that has the, this great big reset plan for the world. So is China. They want to take over the world. It's nothing new, people. It happened at Babel, Roman, uh, the Roman world, the, you know, the Greek... Um, um, empire. It's nothing new. But the Bible says, which I take encouragement from, is that of his kingdom there will be no end. But what I want to say to you, whether it be in your personal life, and I end with this, whether it be in your personal life, or whether it be within the system that we find ourselves, the culture that we're living in, we are, can't live under fear. We have to face our fear. We actually have to stand up and speak the truth. We can't live under fear. Otherwise, we're going to become slaves to the devil. And God doesn't want that. And when he's, he's bringing these things against us, it's so that we can be de defeated and come into our inheritance. Okay. So that he can be he can, you know, the enemy can be sorry that the enemy can be defeated and we come into greater freedom and our inheritance. So let's pray. Father, your design in our lives is that we live free. We live under your love that compels, but we live free. We have got free choice. Even with you, as our ruler, we have free choice. And you want us to be free. You want us to be fully ourselves. 
And Father God, we just come before you and we repent of our unbelief. We repent of our fear of listening and being more in awe of the enemy's voice than your voice. Just take a moment just to ask God to forgive you because that's where it starts, for being in fear, for allowing fear to control you. In a sense, it becomes a God because you're allowing it to dictate your life. So, you know, maybe you need to acknowledge today, you know, fear has become my dictator. Just repent. Forgive us, Lord, for living in fear. And Father, we just ask for grace to be poured out on us. Your grace to be poured out on us so that we can be free, so we can stand up, so that we can face our fear. Lord, even if we have to feel that fear, we are choosing today, even if we have to face it. So just think in your life of fears that you need to face, that you've been avoiding, that you've been backing out of. Just say, I'm, I'm going to face my fears today. I might feel fear, but I'm not going to allow it to dictate my behavior and my actions and take away my freedom and imprison me. I'm choosing today, Lord, to obey your voice and to see your salvation, to see your victory. I thank you that you're with me, that you surround me, that your presence goes with me, and that you will be glorified as I stand up for what you've said about my life, about who I am, about what I'm going to do. I stand in awe of your voice in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.